Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. This is a fatal mistake that so many small business owners make when trying to hire management or supervisors in their business. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. Driven Mofos, in this episode, I'm going to talk about a fatal mistake that a lot of business owners make when they're trying to hire management, supervisors, or people in upper level positions in their business as it's growing and scaling. And this thing here is a massive mistake that myself and Jess have made many times. And I see people making it every week when I speak to them over the phone. So I thought that I would come and clarify what you need to do if you want to hire good people to run your team. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's talk about hiring. Now, this is something that most small business owners do really poorly at, and it's not their fault. If you're someone who has a small business and you're listening to this or it's scaling, it's not your fault that you've probably been hiring the wrong people because most business owners don't get taught this stuff about how to hire. So a lot of it is trial and error. There are a lot of business owners that are probably listening to this because I speak to a lot of them every week where they're really, really frustrated with staff. They're cranky. They feel like the weight of the world's on their shoulders. And so a lot of them reach out to me for help or they come to our Business Growth Odyssey or they might be part of our No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. And so these conversations happen quite a lot. Now, if you're not waking up every day enjoying your business, there's something going wrong. And a lot of the time it can be because you've got the wrong people in the wrong positions. And it could be that it's the right person, but just in the wrong position, or it could just be the wrong person full stop. Now, a massive mistake that I see a lot of business owners make is that when they're really stressed out and overwhelmed, one of the first things that they want to do if they're stressed out with their team is to hire someone in a management or a supervisor position. Or what they'll do is they'll grab one of their existing staff members that's a good employee and move them up to a supervisor or a management type level. By doing that, you create a whole bunch of problems. If you're grabbing someone from your existing employee base and you're making them a manager, the question is what management skills do they have? What leadership skills do they have? What training do they have? What reporting do they need to do? What's the expectations and the role description that you're moving them into? And are they qualified for that role? And so a lot of the time what will happen is that someone grabs an existing employee and let's say they have a building company. And in that building company, they have got someone who's a great carpenter and they tend to do a really good job and they sort of tend to lead the boys okay or the team's okay. And so automatically as the business grows, the owner thinks, you know what, I'm going to grab that person, I'm going to make them a supervisor or I'm going to make them a manager. Once that happens, that then creates a whole bunch of new issues. And normally the new issues are that first of all, when you give someone a different role or a different title, it can change the psychology of that individual immediately. Now, I've seen that happen before when I had someone who worked for us who was a great coach and I trained them up. They'd been in the community for a long time. They worked for us for about 12, 18 months. 
and they were doing well. They were doing well on sales and they were doing well as far as coaching goes. And I said to them, look, I need a hand. Do you want to move up into a manager's position? What ended up happening was that title went straight to their head and within pretty much the next day, they were almost useless to the company. Something changes in a person's psychology when you change the role and a label. And you've got to be very much aware of that change that happens because if you're not, it can become a huge problem. And I don't know why it happens. I don't know why some people change the way they do things when they get a management or a leadership or a supervisor role. You may have seen this in your own business. You may have seen it in other businesses. But what happened was we went from driving sales in the company to pretty much non-existent sales overnight. We went from having staff that weren't performing that well to staff that weren't performing at all. We had myself and Jess as the leadership team doing the majority of the work to almost doing everything, including the manager's role or the supervisor's role when we moved that person into the role. Then what started happening was we started feeling guilty. And we started feeling guilty because we thought, you know what, we haven't trained this person enough. So what we need to do is we need to keep training them. And so I started putting more time and more energy into training and developing this person to become a better leader and a better manager. But what I found was that the more time and energy I put into that person, we still weren't getting sales. We still weren't getting effective team management. And I was getting really frustrated and more stressed out because not only now did I have the weight of the business on my shoulders, same as Jess, but we now also had to put extra development and extra training into training and developing this person who wasn't really starting to hit runs or even putting runs on the board. And so it became more and more frustrating. And after about nine months of giving this person opportunity and feeling guilty and feeling frustrated and giving so much time and energy, I got to the point where I had to say, look, I need to get you to move back to the position that you were in because I think that it would be better for everybody. And essentially they told me to go fuck myself and that it was because I never gave them opportunity, even though that had that role for about nine months. And really someone who's competent should be putting runs on the board within week one not nine months in and still not putting runs on the board. And so that just goes to show that normally a person is either incompetent or in the wrong role. And these are the mistakes that I've learned, hence why I'm sharing them, because I see so many small business owners make them, especially as they're growing and scaling. So that's one circumstance. Another circumstance that happens and that we've had happen in our business multiple times now is that you can go out there and hire a manager or a supervisor in the business. We've hired multiple managers. And what we find is that the majority of managers that we've hired have worked in larger organizations. Now, if they've worked in larger organizations, they're normally used to delegating a lot. So they will sit back, they'll put their feet up, they'll think a little bit more, they're more of a people type person, so they'll just shift stuff around and they're a support network for the rest of the team. Now, that's okay if you're a large organization and you've got a lot of people that need to be supported and they're going through their emotional shit. And, you know, like if you've got a team of 20 or 30 people or 50 or 100 people that this person needs to manage, then they're probably going to spend most of their time dealing with just lower level bullshit day after day. And so that becomes their job. But in a small business where there might be five people that they need to manage or 10 people that they need to manage, what will happen is if you have someone that's not an implementer, they will then take valuable resources out of the company, normally in the form of cash. And so you'll be paying them a large amount. They'll probably be one of your highest paid employees unless you've got a pretty good marketing or sales thing. They will be taking a lot of money out of the company. So cash flow will be reduced. They will be then spending a lot of time thinking and delegating and chatting to the team. And what we found happens normally is that productive staff become unproductive because they get oversupported. And so when we've had people who come in who have worked for larger organizations or larger companies, they then spend a lot of their day going, oh, I better check in with that person and I better go and 
And so it starts to stall the workload of the people that are the producers within the team. And I'm not sure if it's because they're naturally looking for work to do, the managers are looking for work to do, and so therefore they just talk to everybody and interrupt them and sort of have a chat and have another meeting and then have a chat and have another meeting and so on. But what I've found is it massively slows the speed of implementation within the implementers within the organization. So we've hired two different types of managers. Both have created massive problems in our organization. One has gone from already being in the team and then promoting them into a management position and them shitting the bed. Or we've hired external people who have worked for larger organizations who come in and again, shit the bed or the whole company shits itself because they can't implement at the speed and the intensity and the frequency that needs to happen within a small organization as it grows. And so what I really wanted to say is that if you're someone who's out there who's thinking about hiring a supervisor and a manager, the first thing that you need to do is before you hire anybody, ask yourself the question, what are the risks associated with putting someone else in a management position or in a leadership position within the organization? Now, if you're someone who's like myself and Jess who operate at a very fast pace and we get shit done really, really quickly when we have to, which is pretty much most of the time, but we tend to operate with high speed. So what we found is that normally most people can't keep up with us in a management and leadership role. They like to think and they like to plan and they like to have three months to sort of come up with a strategy and then they like to have another three months to execute the strategy. Normally myself and Jess will come up with a strategy within 24 to 48 hours and we're executing it to figure out what's working, what's not working and how we can adapt. A lot of people don't like working at that pace and a lot of small business owners will be working at that pace. They'll be working hard and fast. And so a lot of people just can't keep up with that speed. And if they're an employee who has one job role to do and they're expected to then do multiple, not multiple roles because they're essentially in a management position. But if they have to be on top of marketing sales and looking at the numbers and the data and so on, then they might be slowing down the whole organization and the speed at which those teams operate at. So that's a huge problem that you need to think about. Driven mofos. I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears festered inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start, and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person, as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. The second thing is you need to know really clearly what you expect that person to do and how you're measuring them every week. So if you're hiring, let's say a manager and a leader, and you're saying, look, I need you to make sure that the sales team are hitting their sales targets, then you need to make sure that all of the sales strategies are put in place so that the reporting is there so that that manager can keep track of that. If you've got a marketing team, then they need to have a really good understanding of marketing. They also need to know how to drive that marketing team and how to get the best results and come up with answers and so on. Our organization, so Mojo Human Performance and Mojo Business Multiplier, we're essentially a simple business. We're a sales and marketing company that deliver events. So our deliverable is the events. Now, most people would see us as being like a personal development company or a personal growth company. That's true. That's the product that we sell. But in order to be able to do that, we treat ourselves as a sales and marketing company that does really good marketing, that does really good sales, that then lead people into the events and then we deliver that product. I hope quite well. I know that there are a lot of people from Business Growth Odyssey and Thrive Time who are listening to this and I assume that you probably agree that we do actually a better job than 99.9% of the people in, in our industry, hence why you're probably still listening to this podcast. It's a simple business to operate. Now, if you're a builder, you might have, let's say it's a sales organization 
and you're pumping through sales and then the deliverable is building the houses. Now the cash flow constraint is normally going to be on the sales and the margins. So you've got to treat the organization as a sales organization that then delivers buildings or that builds property. Now there's two key aspects of that, but you've got to know what the key aspects or the key drivers are of the organization. Because if you're hiring a manager, you need to know what's really, really important to that organization. Now, when a lot of small business owners hire someone, they go, we want to be good at marketing. We want to be good at sales. We want to be good at operations. We want to be good at delivery, but they don't really know what the constraints are of that organization. And I talk a lot about this at our business growth odyssey and with our participants and even people that I speak to on the phone from our No BS Business Hacks Facebook group, which by the way, if you're a business owner and you're listening to this and you're not part of it, please jump in and check it out. It's on Facebook. It's free. Just type in No BS Business Hacks and the group will come up. But what normally happens is that a lot of small business owners overcomplicate the business. And when they do that, when you're putting in a manager, you're expecting the manager to do lots of different roles, to know lots of different things about the business and the organization. A lot of the time, you don't have time to train them and develop them, to understand the culture or the performance, especially if you're bringing them in from outside and you're onboarding them. And so it just creates an absolute clusterfuck for them to try and get hold of. Right now, we only really focus on one thing at a time. So what's the one thing that's going to help us to open up the next bottleneck and help us to grow? And we use the OKR system to do that. You've heard me probably talk about this before. There's a great book called Measure What Matters by John Dewar that talks about OKRs, which are a goal setting method that we use in business. And I think a lot of great businesses use the OKR method. But you really need to be aware of what are the key constraints in your organization? What's the key reporting in order to open up those constraints? And also, what are the real key things that your organization does? Because if not, you overcomplicate the shit out of the business. And so, like I said, our organization is essentially, you do really good marketing. So then we generate really high quality leads. Those high quality leads then get turned into high quality sales. That's how we make cash. And then we deliver a really good product through Business Odyssey or through Thrive Time. It's really that simple. When I speak to a lot of business owners, they think that there's like 40,000 moving parts of their business and they're stressed out and they're overwhelmed and they're frustrated. But if you're going to hire a manager, they don't know what levers to pull, what things to do. And so if you give them free reign, they're just going to stuff up everything because they don't really know what to do and there's just too much shit going on for them to control. So you want to make sure that the business model is simple. You've got to make sure that the tracking is there and that the systems are built out for the stuff that they need to manage so that then you can just track them. Now, if I have the opportunity to hire a really good manager, which we won't do for a while, but if we are going to hire a really good manager, we want to make sure that all the systems are put in place. We want to make sure that all the tracking and everything's done. And then the manager's job will be to tweak that performance to make things better. That'll really be it until we get large enough where we will start to need like a sales manager, a marketing manager. But once again, they will need to know the exact numbers that we're trying to achieve. They will have exact tracking and reporting. And if not, it'll be really, really obvious if they can and can't do their job. Most small business owners fuck up because what they do is they don't onboard staff properly. They don't develop staff properly. They don't have the right reporting. And so they know that a staff member is shit but they can't fire them because they feel guilty or they feel like, oh, I can't really fire them because I haven't really trained them properly. I haven't really developed them. Maybe I better give them another opportunity. Whereas when the system and the process is there and the numbers are there, they can either do the job or they can't. You know, I don't go to McDonald's and order my McChicken and then get a couple of pieces of bread with some lettuce in it and some fries that have just been thrown in there. And they go, oh, look, we didn't have the burger that you paid for, but look, it's a burger though. Like that would be unacceptable. You'd walk back and you'd go, just give my friggin' money back. But people do this shit all the time with staff where you know exactly what you want them to deliver, but you haven't trained them and developed them properly or you haven't spent the time putting in the processes or the numbers or the data. 
And so because of that, you don't really know what they're doing. You don't really know where they're falling down. You don't really know whether you've adapted them, developed them, or it just creates this sort of gray area for most business owners. And so they feel like they can't fire the individual because they just don't know. And I see this happen almost every week with business owners. And this is also why we spend so much time in our business growth odyssey program, helping business owners to start to create that operational freedom within their business. Because the one thing that stops a lot of small businesses and a lot of scaling businesses to be able to consistently grow is that you need to know exactly what's going on in the business. You need to have the right processes. It's got to be done properly as in best practices. Most business owners don't want to build systems. They don't want to build processes and they don't want to build best practices because they get taught wrong. They get taught from operations people how to build operations, which aren't the way that entrepreneurs need to build operations until you eventually get a big enough business where you can hire a full-time ops person who builds that stuff out. But once again, operations should be tested and tracked on the speed of implementation. And an example of this, let's say I'm going to launch a webinar or like an online seminar. If I've got an ops person and the ops person builds out the system to be able to do that, then I should have a marketing person who can essentially market that product. If I gave it to the marketing person and said, how long does this take? And they say two weeks. Then I say, okay, let's run the first one and we test it out. It takes two weeks. Then I say to the ops person, I need you to create an operations process for it. If the ops person comes back and the operations get harder and it takes three and a half weeks now to do that process, the ops is shit, right? And unfortunately, this is how most ops people operate. They don't realize that when you put a system in the business, the business should get easier to operate, not more complicated. If people are building out ops in the business and the operations are harder, it tells you that the ops person or whoever's building the processes is shit. Okay, it's that simple. You should be able to get that same person to do that role now in a week or half a week. So if the ops person's done a good job and they've systemized things properly and they've put in the right process and the right best practice, that two weeks now, the time frame should get shorter and things should be more effective. Okay, that's why you need process in your business. Because if not, every time you've got to then go and explain it, you've got to run through the same stuff over and over and over again. People forget things, they make mistakes. And so it takes two weeks instead of taking three days. So anytime you put an operation in the business, it should make the business operate more effectively and more efficiently, and you should see timeframes scaling down to do the same role. Okay, if it gets more complicated, then it tells you that the ops is shit. Okay, it's that simple. Pardon my French and for me being so blunt, but I see business owners go through this all the time. They go, well, oh, how do I do this? And then the next second, they've got a 300 page report that's taken them three years to build. And it's crap because no one will ever read it. No one will ever use it. If it takes you three months to understand the onboarding process, it's crazy. Okay, that's just stupid. The role of an ops person is to make things more simple, more effective, more efficient within the organization, not more complicated. So the speed of implementation is their benchmark and it shows whether they're doing a good job or not. So if you're the business owner, you wanna start putting in some of those processes and over time when you hire a marketing person and you hire a salesperson or a sales manager and a marketing manager, then they can start to put in some of those operations, but it should be easier, not more complicated. You need to have that stuff before you hire a manager to start managing over other things because if not, the speed will reduce Teams will become more ineffective. You'll get more frustrated. You'll feel like you're taking on more weight. And myself and Jess have done this so many times where we've had a manager, they're incompetent. So you start taking work off of them because the work that you're delegating to them is taking longer. They keep fucking things up. They keep making mistakes. So business owners start taking the work off of them because normally they can rely on themselves. They're very dependable. So they start taking work off of the manager that they've hired. Then they start getting frustrated because they go, I'm paying this motherfucker to not do work. It just creates more resentment towards the manager and you end up you know, stressing out all the time and peeking out, it's not a good place to be in. 
So just remember that when you're hiring someone, I would recommend that if you are ever hiring a manager or a supervisor, have your systems in, have your processes in, have the tracking in, but also make sure that they are an operator as in they can get in and get their hands dirty and actually do work, not someone that just sits back and tells other people what to do and delegates, especially if you're under 10 million bucks. Under 10 million bucks, you need people to get their hands dirty. You might be better off even hiring an executive assistant and paying them 120, 140, $150,000 Australian who works like an absolute crazy lunatic and will just get shit done and is highly adaptable and highly resilient. I would rather hire that person than hire a supervisor or a manager for $120,000 to $150,000 that puts their feet up, cruises, spends time in meetings all week long, and you don't get shit done. I just wanted to share Driven Mofos. I hope this helps. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, please do so. I want to keep sharing this sort of stuff because these are all the mistakes that I've made in business and have made many times. And all it does is you just burn through cash and waste a lot of time and you just get frustrated. These are some of the things to think about. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking goals. And I look forward to joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.